If you had to think about something you could do that's maybe one of the greatest forms of exercise in general that could build strength in parts of your body you didn't even know you needed strength and also was crazy, crazy fun, what would it be? Don't try to even answer it because I'm going to tell you in just a moment um, on this episode of the Movement Movement, the podcast for people who want to know the truth about what it takes to have a happy, healthy, strong body, starting feet first, because, you know, those things are your foundation. And we break down the propaganda and the mythology and sometimes the flat out lies you've been told about what it takes to walk or run or hike or play or do yoga or CrossFit or even the thing I'm going to we're going to be talking about on this episode and to do that enjoyably and effectively and efficiently and did I say enjoyably? Trick question. Of course, I know I did, because if you're not having fun, do something different so you are, because you're not going to keep it up if you're not enjoying it. I'm Stephen Sashin from ZeroShoes.com, your host of the Movement Movement podcast. And we call it that because we are creating a movement that involves you. I'll tell you how in a sec about natural movement, letting your body do what it's made to do, not getting in the way, uh, because there are very few things that actually can improve what your body does, but there are a lot of things that can make it worse. And the way, the thing you can do is have some fun. Go to www.jointhemovementmovement.com. There's nothing you need to do to join. That's just the domain I got, but you'll find the previous episodes, all the places you can find the podcast and all the ways you can interact with us on social media. Uh, and the movement part of the movement movement, this is where you become part of it, is just you know give us a review, give us a thumbs up, give us five stars, like us on the places you can like us, give us uh, hit the bell on YouTube. You know what to do. The gist is if you want to be part of the tribe, just subscribe. So with that said, Paul, um, pleasure having you here. We were chatting before we started this. And we're having way too much fun already. Tell people who you are and what you do. Yeah, my name is Paul Hagen. I'm with Max Air Trampolines. I'm the founder of the company. We started about 11 years ago. And sort of my claim to fame was an Olympic style trampoline is seven feet by 14 or seven by 14. I decided to make a 14 foot by 14 foot trampoline for the X Games athletes. And it really took off. You know, it's one of the world's highest bouncing trampolines. You can get into your triples, your quadruple flips. You know, with a with a thing like this, and make sure you're not going to be landing in the pads. You can always land on the trampoline because it's so darn big and so much fun. So uh, you just gave me a fl- and uh, first of all, I know most of people listening to this are not going to be throwing triples and quads, and maybe have never even thought about being on a trampoline. And I want to talk about that about why trampolining can be really good, even if people have never been on and are not gymnasts and are not thinking about that. But I have to start by saying this. You just gave me a flashback to when I was at the Woodward Gymnastics Camp in 1978, 79, I don't remember which, and they just gotten the first Aussie bed tramp. Mm. And that was an amazing thing. So um, um, in the process of you describing what you've done to not only make the trampoline bigger, which has physics problems attached to it, but make it better and high bouncing. Can you talk about the physics of that before we launch into why people might want to play on one of these? Well, the trampoline is a string bed trampoline that allows the air to go through. So the first thing is if you take a tennis racket, air goes through it really quick. If you wrap a newspaper around it, you can feel that resistance, that wind resistance. That's why the backyard black trampoline doesn't have any air going through it. So it's got a lot of resistance. So it doesn't throw you very high. So ours allows the air to go through, but still be comfortable on the feet and the elbows and the knees when you do your body skills. The other thing is to get a high quality, high tensile material to make the springs out of, which we use music wire and put a lot of tension into that. And we get the best quality we can possibly get on the market because we want the highest bouncing trampoline because all the Olympic training centers use our stuff. The movie industry uses our stuff. Woodward Camp, we just got a new order from them. They use our stuff, <laughs> you know, and and uh, just 
you know, it's it's so much fun. The other thing with trampoline, one of the quickest things that, that'll bring up real quick is the astronauts use the trampoline when they come back from Earth because they've been in this weightless area and their bones get lighter and brittle. Well, they put them on little jogging trampolines and trampolines to increase bone density. So when you jump on a trampoline, especially a world-class athlete, their bones get stronger. And so if you have a real bad fall, unfortunately, your bones don't break, your ligaments go. And a ligament industry, injury is much worse than a bone injury. Bone injury, eight weeks, you're back in the thing. Ligament injury, it's a lot longer healing time. Yeah. That's interesting. I had a DEXA scan, so not from, from gymnastics and trampoline, but well, although that was definitely a part of it, but I've been a sprinter now for the last 15 years. And when I had a DEXA scan and they looked at my bone density from basically my navel down, just was like steel rods. And people don't, many people don't know. Um, in fact, here, I'll let you do it. Can you talk about what it is about that, about bouncing that helps with bone density? Well, it, it's just that, that pounding that you get that you know with trampoline it feels like it's not very violent like when you hit concrete and you're running you know especially if you're not running right you're putting a lot of jar into there um so you'll end up getting shin splints things like that if you do it properly you're building the bone density in in your legs and in in your body so trampoline allows you to do that our top guys have pulled almost nine g's at the bottom of the bounce and going up, which is incredible. If you're a 200 pound trampolinist jumping 20 feet in the air, pulling eight, nine G's, that is an incredible force on the body. And if you weren't bouncing and building that bone density, your your body couldn't hold up, you know? So learning and, and that is building on that. That is phenomenal. And if people haven't watched, you know, most people think about trampolines since their backyard or a friend's backyard or, you know, one of those circular black bed things with a net around it. But they haven't seen what people are doing on tramps. And again, before we get into why, why and how someone can start experimenting with this and experiencing it, talk about um, – well, how do I want to say this? Egan, I had a thought until I coughed and then it flew right out of my head. Um, <laughs> it was there a second ago. Ask it. We'll go on to something else. Okay. For people who've never thought about getting on a trampoline, which is not part of their mindset, give me your elevator – pitch about why they might want to try that and how they could get started well getting a trampoline you know is all good but to really enjoy the trampoline if you get a top quality you know anything like a bicycle or whatever you get a top quality trampoline it's going to be a lot more pleasurable it's going to be a lot of fun if you get a coach to tell you how to go through the proper progressions you reduce the fear level that that we have in trampoline because that was one of the things that I'd have problems with is if somebody got really scared, it kind of meant the end of their career, mm. right? So having fun and having proper instruction takes the fear from bouncing high. And then you can just get, always add another flip, always add another twist. So if your audience goes and looks at like Olympic style trampolining or looks at anybody in the Olympics, they will not believe how high these guys and girls are going. Girls are going nearly 20 feet in the air. Guys are nearly going 25 feet in the air. They're doing three and four flips. Every trick has got a twist in it with a triple or a double. You know, it's just incredible what they're doing on the trampoline these days. So they are super fit athletes. Oh, no, it's amazing. I've, I've gotten into watching certain things on YouTube. I get And YouTube, of course, makes recommendations. And once you it thinks it knows what you want to watch, it just keeps showing you more and more. And watching all the trampoline stuff, both just regular trampoline or mini tramp stuff, it, it's unbelievable what people are doing. And I imagine that if someone watches that, it could be intimidating, but you don't have to be doing all of those insane things to be getting the benefits 
and also having fun doing it. If somebody was going to start from scratch, they'd never been on a trampoline before, what would you tell them? Uh, it's just work on your bounce and control and just learning to get that balance and get that feeling from your feet all the way to your head that you're in control, you can bounce up and down, and then you want to start with just basic body skills, the seat drop, the stomach drop, the doggy drop, and from there, you're adding twists, you're adding turns, and then working on the, the technique. Is your toes pointed? Are you having good body lines? If you're not, you know, if your core isn't tight, you're going to snap your back. It's going to jerk back. So, you know, all have learning to have everything in line while you're bouncing, and, and, uh, and then just Kind of experimental play, I think, is important with trampoline, you know, and just enjoy the sheer fun of it. People, so a tramp that you'll go buy, you know, at a toy store, I don't know, do they still have toy stores? Um, wherever you would buy sort of a normal backyard tramp, uh, they've put a net around it to, to in theory, make yep. things safer. Um, what's your take on nets and safety? Well, the nets, you know, if you have an above ground trampoline, you do want a net because you don't have spotters there catching people and pushing them the old school. When you're in PE class, I had everybody standing around to push everybody back to the center, right? right? Well, here at Max Air, what we did was we made a trampoline where the padding went out four feet from the bed of the trampoline. So you got four feet of safety landing area. And then we put a net up, you know, because the nets, if they're real close to the, the bed, you can flip and land on the post, Right. into the net and you know get injured that way so we try to design ours to have that a lot further away from the bouncing surface so if you take a fall you're more like rolling into the pads and then and then the nets well and, and, the, and the whole pad situation has changed i mean you know the high school tramps that people may remember uh you're basically having a thin relatively hard pad just over a bunch of metal and so i right. imagine yours is a whole different technology there too and that's we did we listened to our customer you know one of our first customers is like we want bigger pads make them thicker bigger thicker and i'm like wow that's all going to be a lot of money but we started going that route and everybody went wow they're not doing because still today on an international trampoline the side side pads are only one inch thick the end pads on the end they add what's called index and those are nine inches thick and then they got a trampoline bottom to it because you tend to fall off internationally and competitive you fall off the end the front end or the back end you don't really hit the side too much it happens once in a while but can you imagine jumping from 18 feet in the air and landing on a one inch pad on a steel frame you don't get a lot of padding there so you're going to be really strong really fit and you know and brave <laughs> Uh, yes, brave, crazy, you know, call it what you will. Um, it, it literally, when you just watch these guys just jumping, it can be terrifying. You just can't, cause you, yeah. you can see all the things that could go wrong from that. But of course, you know, you don't just start trying to jump 20 feet in the air. So not something to worry about the, um, you know, we talked about, uh, and I want to dive in a little more about just the various things that get stronger when you're using a trampoline, even if literally all you do is just bounce on it and not one of those little round things that you stick in your living room. So talk about just because people don't really they don't really get the physics of trampolining. And I want to I'm going to dive into that in a little bit more because there's some uses of the metaphor that people don't think is a metaphor that something is like a trampoline when it's actually not. So I'm going to yeah. saying that literally so I remember to bring it up again. But just you know, talk about what happens and what gets stronger when you're just bouncing around, let alone doing a bunch of tricks? Well, you're going to get some flexibility out of trampoline when you're doing your body skills like stomach drops 
because your your stomach is going to sink and you're going to basically do a backbend or arch, right? So it's really geared when you're younger, it's easy to do. If you've never been on a trampoline and you're 60 years old and you get on a trampoline, I can't do a stomach drop anymore and I can barely do a seat drop anymore because my body haven't done enough stretching lately. Used to be in the gym all the time stretching. Now I'm not in the gym stretching. So, you know, it bends me in ways I haven't done in many, many years. So it will increase your flexibility really better to start younger and uh, or be older with and make sure you're doing all your flexibility before you get on the trampoline. The other thing is, you know, we talked about bone density, muscle and core strength to make sure that every, you keep everything tight and in line to jump high. You know, a trampoline is like a bow and arrow, right? So mm-hmm. when you pull a bow and arrow and you aim it up and you shoot it up, that's what a trampoline does. It shoots up. So, arrows they've developed over the years with an arrow you know it used to be the wooden arrow and it'd fly through the air and it would wiggle right and then they ended up going to aluminum arrows less wiggle goes faster through the air and then they went to carbon fiber and those things don't bend at all through the air and so they cut through the air faster so that's having a good core strength and good tight body to ride up out of that trampoline to get maximum height up there so you can do your skills higher you can go more flips and twists you can add into it. Well, the other thing about trampolining um, and just bouncing that many people don't know is that when you put that little strain on your veins and arteries, they produce nitric oxide, which is a muscle relaxant and is actually, it, it has many, many benefits and literally just comes from bouncing. And you can get that on one of those you know tiny little tramps that you stick in your living room. Um, in fact, some hospitals for people who are in bed for a long time, they just percuss their feet. They just have something that just you know hits their feet regularly because that little bit of force, you know, has that impact in addition to the bone density we talked about. But there's like an illusion that people have that the trampoline is somehow magically, it's that's the thing that's making you go high. They don't get that it's just all about your legs that are interfacing with this trampoline bed. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you a quick story. We have a thing because our guys like to bounce on these string bed trampolines in bare feet. So they can feel and get the better balance and they like that control. And then, but they have to compete on these web beds where they have to wear shoes, right? And they're, and they're a lightweight shoe and everything, but they're a little tighter around the feet where like your shoes give you more width in the, in the you know, in the front part of your foot and everything. So, and, you know, having them more flexible, you know, helps a lot with balance and stuff. So we have a thing when you're bouncing, you know, 16, 18 hours a week on the trampoline, the material, your foot would sink in and it would rub up the heel. And if you're bouncing a lot, it would get little blood blisters in there. And we named it the blalus, right? Because it'd get painful and you'd have to, you know, take a file and file down that callus that would be on the side and there would get little blood blisters inside. So we said so it's a blalus. And to keep the pain down and keep the balance and everything, you have to file and take care of your feet. And as I get a saying as a trampoline coach, it's, Take care of your feet at all time. Do not walk around in an arena barefoot because they're like, I'm used to running around the gym. And well, that floor is padded. Now you're on concrete. You're going to stand in there 12 hours a day and you're going to take the energy out. So put well, something nice, lightweight and something that feels so you're protecting your feet at all times. Well, this is a really interesting thing because um, my what we've heard from 
thousands and thousands of people is they can stand all day in our shoes or in bare feet without a problem. But that's because they're making all these little micro movements and whatnot, and they're actually using their feet. And so the point is, in this case, it's not like they can't handle being on concrete. It's that you don't want to just be, it's amazing how much energy you actually expend just walking around. And if you're going to be on a tramp where you really need your feet to be functional, you just want to chill out. It, it just gave me a funny flashback. I was in the um, at the World Champion, World Track and Field Championships when Usain Bolt set the world record. And mm-hmm. before the race, he comes out with Tyson Gay and Asafa Powell and the other guys in the race. And they all, they had this um, little podium thing behind in each lane and they just sat on it. And it looked like they were going to fall asleep. I mean, they were just doing nothing. And yeah. and it took a while for the race to actually start. And they spent like 20 minutes just sitting there doing nothing. They weren't stretching. They were, I mean, just like, I'm not going to do anything with my legs because I'm about to use them. And similar thing. If you're, if you're a professional trampoline athlete, you want to save it up for when you're on the tramp. Not that you, you know, you're going to be building stronger feet um, from using them, but you don't want to have to use that when you don't have to use that. Right. 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 The trampoline metaphor came up a lot lately. And I'm I'm very curious to hear what your thoughts are on this. When people talked about all these new shoes that are maximally cushioned shoes, which is tons and tons of foam. And everyone's, uh, there's a couple of, I'll put air quotes around the word footwear experts who said, oh, that those shoes are acting like a trampoline. Now, I'm not going to try and poison the well by telling you what I thought when I heard that. But I'm curious what you think when you hear that. And we have not talked about this before. Um, no. We've never met before. It's like being a magician. Uh, you've never met before, correct? Uh, pick a card. So we've never met before. What do you think when you hear someone say that that padding in shoes is acting like a trampoline? I tell them there's a book called Born to Run. And they talk <laughs> about, <laughs> they talk about uh, you know, running basically barefoot or with very thin, lightweight things in uh it better do some more research because what you know you you can always find an expert to tell you what you want to hear you know but listen to other people too and then make up your own mind you know so i read the born to run and it's about you know thin ultra marathon runners and you know kind of the opposite of what everybody's telling you get these big clunky fat shoes and but you can't get your balance and in there if they're stiff and hard and you know so, okay, well, I'm going to, I'm going to throw my answer at you now. The first thing, literally the first thing I thought when someone said, oh, these things are acting like a trampoline is a, a trampoline works because you're using your legs. So you're not getting anything magical out of the tramp. The tramp is just allowing you to maximize what you can do with your legs. The second thing is a trampoline works because the springs are out there. They're not right underneath you. They're out there. And that's right. how the whole, that's the physics of how it works. So unless you had something further out. Like if you had a shoe that was literally a trampoline, that's one thing, but just having foam underneath your foot doesn't act like a trampoline. And then people say, oh, it's just like the Harvard track. So Harvard has an indoor track that is known for having people set world records on it because it actually is like a trampoline because they have these wide planks that are supported on the outside. And if anyone decides to look it up, I'll have to see if I can find the paper. But um, the guys who designed the track talked about the physics of it. And they say, yeah, we try to make the track a slightly tighter spring than the spring of the athlete themselves, which right, means, which means quick, quick rebound and that throws you down the floor faster. Right. If if you're the white the right weight running at the right speed, mm-hmm. and that's the other part that you know I kept saying all these maximally cushioned shoes, the foam is tuned 
to a particular weight and speed. And if you're not running at that speed and you're not that weight, then it's going to get in the way. And I've been saying this now for nine years and happily, like two, three weeks ago, the Washington Post printed uh, all the research showing that that's exactly true. If you're not that weight, that speed, this stuff actually gets in the way and causes real problems, which made me think about a question that I never, never thought to ask about trampolines. Obviously, in the Olympics, you're not tuning the springs and everyone, you know, and athletics tend to people tend to gravitate like swimmers all look the same, not because they end up being built that way, but because the ones who are built that way tend to become better swimmers. Right. Is it the same thing with trampoline athletes where they're all fundamentally in that same kind of weight and strength ratio, or do you ever tune a tramp to an an individual? Um, No, you don't really tune a trampoline to the individual. Actually, I've been experimenting with that, trying to get that to happen. For certain people, and we could dial it with different springs and do that. To right. But with the international trampoline, you know, that they use in the Olympics, everybody has the exact same thing. So it's who does their dieting correctly, mm. who does their weightlifting correctly. Because I had a gentleman, you know, one of the best guys I ever trained, jump high as can be. And he went to, he got a knee injury. So he went in the weight room. His brother's a professional football player, very athletic family. And he starts hitting the weights big time. And he comes in, he's now from 195, he's now 225 of all muscle. And he can't jump as high because he weighs too much, right? So I'm like, listen, you're changing the way you eat. You're changing, you know, the way you exercise. And I want you down in the next four months before you start getting into competition, you got to get down to 185 pounds. So darn it. He's one of the few athletes that was able to diet, exercise, listen to his coach and get his weight down there. And all of a sudden his bouncing went three feet higher. Wow. You know, so is there, you know, you muscle know, doesn't fly, you know, fat um, don't no. fly either. <laughs> well, it, it's, it's a similar thing. You know, if you look at sprinters, it's really interesting to see how, the sprinter body has changed because a lot of sprinters came out of not only track and field, but also football. And these guys were just massive. And now you're watching these sprinters who, if you met them on the street, you think you could knock them over, you know, with a feather They're they're they apply force into the ground brilliantly. They're super strong, but they're just not as big. Um, and, and actually I'd set a funny flashback to the, um, the Olympic trials a few years ago, all the American sprinters looked huge. And then a couple of weeks later at the Olympics, they looked less huge. It's like, oh, clearly the Americans weren't testing for things that they test when they were at the Olympics. <laughs> so there's that. Now, I remember going into a CrossFit gym for the first time and having a whole lot of fun and um, and then thinking about the competition part because I like to compete. It's very entertaining. gives me something to work towards. And it became very clear that um, that wasn't going to work because they don't adjust the weights or anything based on how much you weigh. So I was going to have to deadlift the same 300 pounds as a guy who was, you know, 6'5", 250. Now right. I can, I can deadlift 300 pounds, but it's not the same as, you know, someone who almost weighs 300 pounds. Is there an idea? So there's an ideal like CrossFit body. Is there an ideal tramp body as well? There is, you know, but there's people that break that norm. So the, the ideal weight would be about 165 pound male, Okay, that's about five five. Okay, <laughs> but there's been some guys out there that have been six feet tall and weigh you know one ninety five and been able to compete you know and win gold medals and stuff and they're just outside the norm. So it's also you see seven little guys and one big guy and the big guy might win that meet. You know, well, well <laughs> um, I'm, I'm the exact the norm, opposite. It's, it's, it tends to be a smaller man sport. 
Yeah, I'm the opposite when I show up at a track meet because I, I line up at the line and I'm five five, and then the other guys are you know six feet tall that I'm running against, and I yeah. beat most, if not all of them, uh, the ones that are my age. Um, they're the ones that are. 20 years younger than me, they crush me. But um, but nonetheless, my, my my goals as a sprinter changed when I first started. It was like, I want to win races. And now I just want to freak people out. <laughs> I just want people to go, what's he doing here? And then I yeah. went the race and go, how'd that happen? So it's a it's a whole whole different goal. Um, the other, um, you know, the, the the tuning thing is 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 very interesting to me uh when it comes to to feet and shoes in general. But I I had that question about tramps because again, like I mentioned at the top of our conversation, the Aussie bed was like the first time that where it wasn't just big, thick strips of, of fabric that were woven together right, right. was going through it. And it, it just felt like magic, but it also, you know, after not too long, your legs are exhausted. Yeah. Yeah. So, and our trampolines, very similar to the Aussie bed trampoline is a string, two string by two string weave, right? Let's the air go through. We talked about that, but what we did talk is I've got parents that call me up. They go, I cannot believe what I paid for this trampoline. We got motorcycles, we got jet skis, we got boats, we got everything. Our kid spends eight hours a day on the trampoline. As a matter of fact, I've set a band time that they cannot jump trampoline after 10 <laughs> o'clock at night. These kids are having so much fun. Then they become super athletes. I got four daughters. Three of them were high school pole vaulters. Two of them got track scholarships for pole vaulting and hurdles and stuff like that because Trampoline is plyometrics. Yeah. When you get stronger, you want to get faster, you want to get quicker, do your plyometrics. Well, if you're playing on the trampoline, having so much fun, you're just doing plyometrics over and over all day long. Right. And then the parents are like, I just, you know, like kind of an awkward kid. Now they, you know, are very talented and, and just live on the trampoline. Okay. Well, since you brought it up, I'm going to ask. So talk to me about what it costs to get a really good trampoline. I mean, not even necessarily one that you make just for the fun of it, but I want to hear sort of, you know, what the price range looks like and what happens as you go up or down in price. Yeah. Well, your polybed trampolines, you're going to pay anywhere from under $4,000 all the way down to, I think you get one for $250, right? And they'll put little tiny springs on it. It'll be big. And then the kids will lay on it for a while and then, or play on it. And then lay on it, get tan on it, and then they'll never use it again. But like our Max Air trampoline or an international trampoline that's a high performance, you're going to be at that $10,000 range going up to our top selling units, almost $30,000, right? And these parents go, I cannot believe I wrote a check for that much. And then I check back with them a year. How's your kids doing? How's things going? What do we need? Trampoline doing okay? Anything you need replaced? Whatever. And they're like, Best thing I ever bought for my family. <laughs> Best thing ever, you know? So, you know, and you pay for what you get. You get a high quality anything and it lasts longer. It's built yeah. to last. It's built, you know, to be more enjoyable. You know, if it's shoes, bicycles, trampolines, you get high quality and you know the difference right away the first time you're on it. Well, there's a, there, there is a difference when it comes to shoes in that, there's been a ton of research showing that the more expensive the shoe, typically the worse it is. I mean, after a certain point. So, yeah. uh, because it's got a whole bunch of crap in there that just gets in the way. But if you're using better quality materials that do last longer, like you're saying, that's a different story that can bring the price up. But there, but there are situations where, um, more expensive doesn't mean better. And footwear is like definitely one. There are probably others that I, but I don't think about them too much because, I just live in and around footwear. And so you make, I mean, you're making um, above ground and in ground 
Um, what's it like when you're installing it? My God, how deep of a hole do you need to dig if you're making a in-ground? Uh, in the center, we can swoop them down so they curve down in the center because that's where it's going to sink the most. So you're almost at five feet. Wow. You know, so we don't want anybody to ever hit the bottom. So we yeah. make ours a little bit deeper. So above ground trampoline is almost five feet off the ground. Oh, wow. And, and yeah. So you're way up there. So the net helps you not fall the five feet off. It's not, <laughs> so it's like hit the pads, roll into the net and, oh, I didn't fall the extra five feet onto, you know, the hard and so, ground. And so if we're including the pads and everything else, how much space do you need? Well, I mean, our big deluxe 14 foot by 14 foot is 22 feet by 22 feet. So it's a big, giant thing, you know, but talk about enjoyment. You know, like I said, my customers keep coming back and saying, I can't believe I did it. And they love it. And they spend more time on that than any other piece of equipment that we've owned or any bicycles, jet skis, you know. Uh, motorcycles, you know, the quad uh, runners, all that stuff. Yes, yeah. it, it's much less likely to be a, a clothes hanger like many home gyms become. Right, right. Um, where are you located? I can't remember. We're in Grand Rapids, Michigan. So do people, do if people, before they're going to drop 30 grand, I imagine, or even 10 grand or even five grand, I imagine they're going to want to know what they're getting themselves into. How do people do that? Well, they contact us at maxairtrampolines.com. And, and then we'll, we'll go through the whole thing, kind of the conversation we have our sales between Steve and I do all our sales here at Max Air. And I was a professional trampoline coach for 25 years. Steve worked as one of my assistants and ran his own team at our facility. So not only did we coach trampoline, we bounced trampoline, and then we manufactured trampoline because we didn't like what we were bouncing on and wanted better. And then the world came calling once they found out our stuff is better than everybody else. So, you know, we're getting a, a big presence out there. But again, I'm, I mean, I imagine, look, if it was me, I mean, ignoring the fact that I'm going to be 61 and I got whatever's going on with my spine and whatnot, I still like to bounce. It's still super fun. But, you know, if I'm going to drop any amount of money, I'm definitely going to want to go feel it first, which of course yes. it's the puppy dog clothes. Like you don't have to you don't have to take the puppy now. Our puppy, it was when we got our dog, which he's, we got him almost a year ago. We Lena, my wife and I never had a dog. They said, we don't do like a meet and greet thing. Just come take the dog for a week and let us know what you think. And we knew that we were suckers as soon as we said yes to that. At the same time, we hit the rescue dog lottery. Um, our, they said, it may take your dog, you know, a couple of weeks to get used to you and your house. And it took him like, I think maybe a minute before it was his place and he was part of the family. Um, it's gotten better and better over time, but nonetheless, it was great. But nonetheless, you know, I would want to do the puppy dog clothes. I'd want to go somewhere, bounce on the thing for a sure. few days, et cetera, and see what Absolutely. So a lot of our trampoline parks, the Sky Zones, we have a few in the Sky Zones, not a lot, but there's another company called uh, Defy and Circus Tricks. And there's a lot of those trampoline parks that are opening up and they're starting to put high performance areas in there. So if people check in their neighborhood for their trampoline park and see if they have a max air trampoline in there, um, we do them all over the world. And that's usually once the people bounce on that trampoline for a while, you know, and go to the park, then they're like, I'm tired of paying money at that park. Let's just get one in our backyard. <laughs> so we get a lot of that. And then if we sell a family, then their cousins come over and bounce on it and then they buy one, you know, and it just, our word of mouth has been really our main thing over our website is word of mouth. When you have such a great product, like we have, 
word of mouth is everything, you know, and probably same thing in the shoe community and the running community. They got to say, yeah, exactly the same the way to go. Yeah. It's, um, you know, we, it, my favorite one is we hear this version is um, I bought your shoes and then I have five pairs and now my mom and my dad who are in their seventies or eighties or whatever bought, bought them and they won't wear anything else. And they have 10 pairs. And so it really word of mouth has been the number one driver of our business as well, which is super, super fun. You know, for people again, who've never bounced on a tramp or think that it could be scary or, you know, that, that doing anything might be difficult. What do you do for um, any sort of coaching or recommending coaching or something so that people like, here's my favorite thing is people discovering they can do something that they didn't think they can do. And I just hung out with a bunch of guys at this um, gym that I was in last week, where if people haven't seen it, I'm, we'll have to include a link. Um, so almost 61 did a standing backflip and, that's uh, which incredible. Is- <laughs> that's just, that's well, very impressive. And I've been in a gym my whole life <laughs> and I gave up doing flips at 50. I'm like, no more. Well, I, well, see here, look, here's the deal. First of all, I had a bet. I'll do them on the trampoline, not on the ground. You did your standing on the ground. That's a whole different animal. Well, that's true. But I I did the first few on the tramp just to make sure I still, you know, knew where I was. And then I did a few where I stood on the edge of the tramp and just used the tramp to land on. And then I went through it on the floor. I had someone, you know, spot me just in case. And he said, I didn't touch you. I said, all right. So then I did a bunch more. But part of this was because I had a bet from when I was in high school with my coach about who was going to be the oldest doing a standing back. And so I just won that bet. Um, I didn't get anything for it. Unfortunately, but you know, other than the satisfaction. But now the question is who's the oldest guy who's ever done a standing backflip? And annoyingly, the Guinness Book of World Records, uh, it's there's a guy who's like 94 and change, but he did it off the edge of a pool into the pool. Yeah, that's I don't call that a record. Exactly. So I have no doubt that there's a couple of guys, you know, dorkier than me who are older than me, who, you know, maybe in their mid sixties who are still throwing them. So I got to find out, you know, and we got to start this competition and see who's going to be the last one standing or flipping as the case may be to do. And I'm a fairly fit guy, right? When I go out snow skiing, you know, I love to snow ski and I ski 30 miles by the end of the day from the start of the day, which is a lot of miles, you know? So my fitness is really high. I'm not doing a standing back tuck. Your fitness has got to be at another level because, I mean, did you feel it the next day in your stomach, the stomach um, muscles, the abs? Because uh, it's no, a lot of core. No. People think it's all in the legs. No, it was There's 48. a lot of core to get those legs up over your head quickly. Yeah. And that's your stomach. Yeah, it, it was 48 hours later where my lower abs were like, oh, yeah. What, now, what's what did I do? It wasn't actually too bad, but I definitely, you know, I only did like seven or eight of them. And then I was feeling it. I can never abductors, adductors in my legs, inside of my legs. Surprisingly, the inside of my legs, my glutes, which was really made me happy because glutes are super important for sprinting and then abs. And then uh, you and I talked about this before we got on my hands. I mean, from immediately when I did the standing backflip, you know, you're throwing your arms really hard and the blood just goes to your hands. And I undeniably, you know, busted a couple of capillaries in there somewhere. And that, and that lasted for about an hour, very uh, painfully. And then over the course of a day, it it went away. So, but all that made me think is I got to do more of these. I got to get to the point where my body can handle that again. Cause I used to do like 40 or 50 at a time, just as part of a workout. I'm not. Yeah, that was but that was my conditioning for the team. We call the uh, circle of death and we put 20 <laughs> people in a circle and everybody just it had to keep going around. And once somebody was out, didn't make their backflip and fall forward, then this, you're out. And they go around a hundred times. 
you know, the good athletes. And, but that's instead of doing 500, 800 sit-ups, right. you could do 50, hundred standing back tucks and get more of a workout because you really got to snap and engage that core and get those stomach muscles fired. Well, there's, there's, there's another part to it. Cause it's not just about being able to tuck uh, quickly, which you could do if you're doing like hanging leg raises or something, you can kind of get that. It's actually that the first movement when you're doing the standing backflip is a little back extension. So you're stretching your abs before you pull them in. And it's right. stretch. there's a, there's a guy um, who I adore named Nick Nelson. He calls himself the mad scientist of muscle. And one of his ab exercises is put a roll up a towel and put it underneath your lower back. So you're starting with that stretch position and then you do just a crunch and you don't try to go all the way up. So right. that it's, and, and there's a lot of research coming out lately about how the stretch position is better for building muscle for hypertrophy. Um, and you're not going to build a lot of muscle in your abs. That's not the thing. But the stretch position, literally just just being stretched actually is building strength and uh, and building muscle tissue, which is pretty wild. And But then you look at some of the old school bodybuilders, and they did a lot of stuff, just partial reps in that stretch position. Right. So right. Sort of and, and that ends up limiting range of motion, too. So well, if they you get they, that full stretch, you get a full range of motion through your body. And if you shorten that up, yeah, you might get a bigger muscle. Well, well these guys are not doing muscle. You know, correct. And they're muscle. not doing just the partial in the stretch. That's just like the last part they do. There, there was some research that showed if you just stood um, with your toes elevated, like you're doing a, like you're doing um, toe raises, calf raises, and just stood there for some exorbitant amount of time, but literally just stood there with your stretching your calves, that was building strength and muscle as well. So no range of motion at all. And I don't know how functional it was, but it was just interesting to see. And this actually came from a bird study where they would just stretch a bird's wing and it got stronger and bigger muscles. So it was a really interesting thing, but I, I, I can't, uh, we can't finish this conversation without talking about by far the craziest thing I've ever seen and trampolines that make yours seem, you know, like those little round things that you put in, in, in your living room, the yeah. guys who are quote freestyle trampolinists, guys who are like 40 feet in the air, 50 feet in the air doing nine. One guy just did nine flips. Well, I gotta, I gotta say, hold on a second. Okay. Cause I saw the video, the guy did nine flips and he did not land on his feet. So like a standing back tuck or standing off into a pool, it's no record until he puts it on his feet. That's a record. <laughs> so this other stuff, guessing where you are in the air because you're spinning so fast and lucky you didn't kill yourself on the trampoline and they throw in a mat and everybody goes nuts. He's not dead. Give him a big hug. Well, let, let me say this. A, I agree with you. I had the same thought. And B, let's be clear. We're arguing about whether a guy just threw eight and a half or nine <laughs> right. or eight and three quarters. Yeah. This is a purist but, argument. <laughs> yeah. I'm worried about those young men because they're missing a lot of progressions yeah. and they're just chucking it, going it. They're very brave. They're very stupid. Yeah. You know, and they can't do a lot of the intermediate skills to make them truly great. I get it. It's, you know, I mean, we used to do this in the pool or we do it into a pit. It's like, you know, flip to your land. And that's basically yeah. what they're doing on a trampoline, which is it's undeniably crazy, undeniably dangerous. And it's also it's also, though, one of those things that, you know, from when you and I were competing, the things that we were doing now 
you know, five-year-olds are doing. I mean, the things that people are doing now, we never even dreamed of doing. So yeah. I'm hoping that what these guys do does add some amount of inspiration about what's possible or they, or they find a way that, you know, it becomes not so insane. Um, so there's always someone who's pushing the envelope. Look, I remember being in high school and watching, oh, I just blanked on the name of who it was, Russian gymnast, who was the first guy who threw a triple back off of high bar. And everyone thought he was completely insane. And it was the dumbest thing in the world. They didn't want to allow it in competition because all the people would die. And now right. if you can't throw a triple in high school, you don't get a college scholarship. Right, right, right. So I got a quick story. I had a mom call up. She's asking about our trampolines. And she's like, well, it says here that your trampolines, you can jump 25 feet in the air, but I don't want my three-year-old jumping 25 feet. I'm like, your three-year-old's never going to be strong enough to go that high. <laughs> <laughs> I, but I, you know, look more power to her. Um, yeah. I, think, uh, I think that's great that she's that protective while still wanting, you know, to have a good time and build, right. build athleticism. Yeah. What, if anything, I mean, given all this, what, if anything, do you see as next either for you or trampolines and trampolining in general? Well, one of the things we're inventing a new trampoline that has a pulley system, Right. So we've got it. Our, our prototypes are being made right now and we'll we'll get it on our website here pretty soon. But um, sometimes we have somebody where they've got a small space and we're, and they want a large jumping surface. So what we did was we put a put a pulley on the end and have a rope go around the pulley and then the springs work up and down. Oh, okay. fascinating. So what we've done is taken a spring weighs about one pound. You got 118 springs on an Olympic trampoline. So we took 118 pounds off the jumping surface. So now it's coming up quicker and a lot faster. Now the spring is only working straight up and down and gravity's helping. So little tweaks like that. We'll get a little more bounce out of it. We'll get a little, little jump a little higher, but it makes the trampoline a little more expensive. So we sell that to the circus people or the... Uh, you know, uh, Olympic coach that really needs to get that extra two feet higher, you know, like they're already going 25. <laughs> well, 28 well, would be great. Yeah. Well, that's an interesting question, though. I mean, you know, if you are bouncing on a tramp, you're training for the Olympics, you're bouncing on a tramp that's just giving you much more than you get in in the 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 standard Olympic trampoline. How are how are people kind of making that transition? It would be really easy to get used to something that you then not on. I mean, obviously, you're not going to stay on just one tramp, but nonetheless, no, your body will adjust. Um, our top guys, you know, we go to meet after meet and every trampoline is somewhat different. It just is. Yeah. And if you get enough warm up time in there, you adjust pretty quickly. You know, I always say a world class athlete could go out on a round trampoline and still beat everybody in the neighborhood. Right. You know, because he knows the right technique, the nice form, you know, and just how to do everything correctly. So, you know, you can go out in the power tumblers and gymnasts you know, the best one from the Olympics on these nice 40 by 40 bouncy floors and everything, that guy's still going to probably win if the thing was done out in a parking lot. Right, right. You know, you gave me a funny memory. I met a guy who's a professional bowler and he said, um, oh, yeah, when when we're like going to warm up, I can tell you if there's not enough oil on that one piece of wood that's two inches wide and four feet long in this part of the lane. So I want to either avoid that piece of wood or hit that piece of wood. And yeah. the idea of being that attuned to your 
equipment in bowling was mind blowing. (laughs) Absolutely. I'm backing up to your pulley trampoline thing. Who thought that idea up? That is super clever. That was mine. I thought about that for years and years and years because we went and talked about the bow and arrow and shooting it up. And then I looked at a compound bow and I went, wow, a compound bow really launches. I'm going to make a trampoline like a compound bow. And I did it. That is brilliant. I'm still in the the playing stage of it and it won't be ready for another year, year and a half. Oh, but that's, that is super, super clever. Um, I I totally love it. All right. Um, uh, I got, I got one more thing to do. One of the new, yeah, sorry. Uh, One of the new trampolines we did is around high performance trampoline and nobody's ever done that before. So we took our, fabric that lets the air go through and we made a round trampoline. So we have an in-ground model that will be released in the spring that's round and high performance. Cause we just have some people that are like, Nope, it's gotta be round, but square and rectangle bounce higher. No, I gotta have a round one aesthetics in my backyard, whatever it is, the movie industry, we do stuff with them and they're like, gotta have a round trampoline that bounces high. Yeah. Like, okay, we can do it now. You know, what diameter? So- uh, we have a uh, um, 11 foot seven and a 13 foot seven, and that's the bouncing surface. So it's a little another you know, 16 yeah, inches yeah. around. I love it. I love springs it. onto You've, it. You've, oh, actually, I, I do want to ask this one question that I, was, I, I almost got to before. So someone's going to start anew. And again, I, you know, trampoline is one of those things where you really can learn to do things that you never imagined you could do. Yes. Who thought they could do a backflip and you find that you can, and it's not as, it's not only not as hard as you think, but it's not what you think. People think you have to, you know, throw yourself backwards to do it or for a front flip, you throw your body down to do it. It's it's right. definitely not what you think. And discovering that there's movement patterns that are, that work differently than what you imagine, I think is really, really interesting. But if they're, they're going to get started from scratch, what do you recommend in terms of coaching? Um, if you can go to your local gymnastics center or get with one of the organizations, there's three of them out there that, you know, are the trampoline federations there's aau tramp and tumbling there's usta tramp and tumbling and then usa gymnastics are the governing bodies in the, in the united states for that and finding a good quality coach that's been certified through either one of those federations especially you know just if you're doing the stomach drops back drops and that but once you want to start doing the the single flips and double flips and stuff like that to be safe you really want quality coaching they will make it fun for you and it and they'll show you the way that you can think and learn yourself and be able to see and know where you're at in the air at all time. You know, we don't lose sight of the trampoline bed when you're doing a a triple twisting double layout. Your eyes are looking at that trampoline the whole time. They don't, you know, so learning from a coach telling you the right things to do, where to look, how to bounce, how to be in shape, all that stuff, and give you the drills and follow proper progressions We'll make it a safe, fun sport for everybody. Uh, I can't think of a better way, a better note to end on. So, Paul, first of all, thank you. This has been a total pleasure. Secondly, yeah, I mean, you. while you've mentioned it a number of times, please tell people if they want to find out more how they can find you and uh, get in touch with you. MaxAirTrampolines.com. We have a really great website and, uh, you know, come and take a look at it. Beautiful. For everyone else, thank you. Thank you so much. Um, if you decide to start trampolining, whether you're getting on a max air tramp, which I recommend, or anything, you know, let us know. This will be fun. I'm hoping someone gets inspired to go try something new because uh, that's part of the fun of doing things in having a natural movement is discovering there are things that are fundamentally natural that um, you didn't know were. In fact, I, actually, I got to say this. I just remembered this. Some people say to me, they argue, well, we didn't evolve to uh, run on concrete for 26 miles. 
And my response to that is we didn't evolve to do double twisting, double backflips either, but guess what you can learn to do. Yeah. 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 So, so, hey, I tell you what, I love your shoes. I've been going, looking at the ones in the background and some of the ones on your website and everything. You got a nice concept in your shoe and everything, and I'll be getting mine real soon. I know a guy who knows a guy. He'll hook you up. <laughs> so, <laughs> Thanks, Stephen. I really appreciate yeah, having me on your show. Pleasure. Yeah, don't go yet. I'm just going to do a quick sign yeah. off for everyone else. Just a reminder, go to www.jointhemovementmovement.com. You can find all the previous episodes to find all the ways you can interact with us on social media. And in fact, if you have any questions or comments or people that you think I should be chatting with on the um, podcast, you can drop me an email, move at jointhemovementmovement.com. You can, if you think that I have a case of cranial rectal reorientation syndrome, you can let me know that. Um, in fact, it's my goal. It hasn't happened yet to find someone who thinks I'm completely full of it to have a conversation with them and see what happens. I know what'll happen, which is I know why they don't show up on the podcast. But nonetheless, it would be a blast um, if someone is Absolutely. dumb enough to try and take me on. So so um, all that said, most importantly, just go out, have fun and live life feet first. <laughs>